Welcome to the One Delightful Podcast, where we believe life should be simple, but fun. I'm Philip, And I'm Katie. And we invite you to join us on a journey as we figure out how to clear through the clutter of life to create space for what matters. Because if we can do it, anyone can do it. On today's show... We're going to talk about friendship in adulthood. That's right. We're starting a series, our first ever series on the podcast. And today it starts with talking about six reasons why finding friends and community as adults can be sort of hard. Yeah, because we feel like that and we feel like you guys probably do too. And after that, we're going to end with what do you recommend? Before we go any further in the show, we want to highlight our favorite item that was purchased this week with our Amazon affiliate link. So this week, the item is the Better Than Bouillon Roasted Garlic Base. Better Than Bouillon. That's a bold claim. I know. I I wouldn't think to order this on Amazon, but I do order a lot of weird things on Amazon. I wonder if it's similar to like a bouillon base. I don't know what that means. I don't either, but it's alliteration, and it sounds like something a chef would say. So this base gets like really good reviews, almost two thousand reviews, which is a ton for like for a, for like something that's not even bouillon and claiming to be better than bouillon. Yeah, and so you would think like, okay, it it almost has five stars, like it's four and a half stars, but I source some of the one stars just because. Reading reviews on Amazon, I have a feeling I'm not alone or Target or wherever. It gets so confusing because people that leave reviews have very strong opinions. Yeah, one bad one-star review can spoil, well, in this case, 1,900 five-star reviews. But... Well, no, it's just reviews. You don't know that they were What you need to hear is that before you buy this better than bullion you might want to take into account a couple of these one-star reviews. Well, I... Okay, so some of my favorite was Sylvia Supino. She had such strong opinions about it that she left two reviews on the same date. I didn't even know that was possible. I didn't think it was possible, too. But it starts with her title, because you can title them, is SALT, SALT, SALT. All caps. All caps. And then... Oh, this is why, Philip. Sorry, I just see a caveat. There used to be flavors you could pick. So this is the garlic base. She left a review on multiple flavors. <laughs> she bought... You're never going to guess what flavor she bought. I'm guessing salty garlic. No, first she bought lobster flavor. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> and she said that was salty beyond belief. Okay. And then that's why she was able to leave a second review, which she titled, If You Like Salt, Here Is Your Product. <laughs> well... Anyway, and that's on the clam base version. Whoever purchased this better than bouillon base, we hope that you do not feel like Sylvia and think that it's very salty, but feel more like the people who left it five stars and really enjoy your better than bouillon chicken base. Can I say one more thing though? Picky Britches, that's their screen name, said it does not taste like ham because they bought the ham version. I'm mostly concerned. I didn't know you could buy bouillons with all these different flavors yeah the idea is like a meat broth 
It's weird, though. Well, but anyway, okay. if you would like to hear your item purchased on Amazon featured on the podcast, please, please use our Amazon affiliate link when you purchase items on Amazon. Yes. And we. You guys were totally killing it, and then you've slacked off a little bit. I don't know if it's something against Amazon or if we should take it personally. But Probably against Amazon. Yeah, use, use our affiliate link so we can share the fun things you guys buy. So, as we mentioned, today we're starting a series talking about friendship, especially in adulthood. You know what that is? Friends. That's right. Okay, very good. Because real life friendship is nothing like that. Really? Maybe there's some overlap. I'm not your Chandler. But I think maybe that's the problem with friendship in adulthood, is that it doesn't look enough like... The TV show Friends. That's right. You mean like in terms of how did they afford that gigantic apartment in Manhattan? Yeah. I feel like they're in the Upper East Side, but I don't really know. Is that Manhattan? <laughs> I think so, but who's Okay, who's anyways. Um, but they live in community together and they're pretty much all in the same stage of life. Like nobody's married. You know what I mean? Like, you look at Friends and think, <clears throat> oh... This is what life should be like, but and this is what I want. Become someone that's in your like late twenties, thirties, early forties, and realize, huh, friendship just does not look like that, right? So, we've gone through a couple different seasons with friendship, and just with moving and being single, and then having kids, and a lot changes with the landscape of friendship post college. And we kind of figured we're probably not alone with this in feeling like sometimes it's hard to navigate this. There's just different seasons to it. And it'd be good to talk about it because I think a lot of us feel like we're trying to figure it out. And it feels better when you realize, oh, other people are trying to figure out this. That's right. Too. <laughs> yeah. 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 Because there's really no guidebook to how to have friends. And if well, there, and was, even there was, no, I would question it. There, but think about this. There are millions of mm. books about marriage. There's millions of books about parenting. There's like books about how to balance like all those things. Right. But there really isn't a lot. Like we were even trying to think about books about friendship in adulthood, like right. how to do it, how to do it well. And we couldn't think of anything. I thought of one though, oh, but I really? haven't read it. So I didn't feel like it could be a source, but it sounds good. It's called text me when you get home. Oh, that's good. Cause it's, I, I love texting. It's about like female friendships. <laughs> mm? Well, mm? I'm, I'm a dude, so it's not as appealing to me, but mm. I could see how that it's a really clever title. I bet it's in, yeah. a, I bet that title's in a fun font on the cover of the book. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're going to talk about friendship and adulthood because what we've realized is it's really important, but it's really hard to do. And there's, we haven't, you know, talked to a whole lot of people about, okay, how do you do this and how do you do it well? So thought maybe just opening up a conversation about that could help us all sort of discover what we want in friends and how to like get the kind of friends that we want, um, in adulthood as parents or older singles or wherever you find yourself. And we had some thoughts on what were these six reasons that friendship and community in adulthood can be hard. And then I also asked on Instagram stories, and I feel like these are 
compilation of your thoughts and our thoughts and really like they were very similar. Which puts some, not like positive wind in our sails, but at least reaffirm that, huh, this is an issue that people are thinking about and wondering about and is sort of common across different people are experiencing the same problems with it. So we're hoping that maybe talking about friendship and adulthood and specifically today talking about why it can be hard can maybe be just helpful (coughs) for you um, as you're thinking about, oh, other people feel this way too. That's encouraging to me. Now, without further ado... The six reasons friendship and community are hard in adulthood. Hit me with number one, Philip. Oh, here we go. Number one. (laughs) (laughs) It's like such a sad chart. It shouldn't be said with some pomp and circumstance. The number one reason that we talked about friendship being hard in adulthood shouldn't be a shocker to anyone. And I feel like this is what most people said when they responded to your informal Instagram poll. Mm -hmm. Time and busyness. Because, girlfriend, life's busy. Who even are you? Um, yes. I mean, I feel like, so time slash busyness is what people said. Well, life just gets more busy the older you get. Because right. you get out of college and you get a job. Right. And so life's busier because you have a job. After you get a job or maybe before you get married. And then you're balancing what's it look like to be married and what's it look like to have a job. And then kids come along. And right. it's like, I've got a job. I'm married. I have kids. And then maybe pets get involved. I guess that's why Paul said it was better to stay single. That could very well be true. And I think if there was some sort of graph that someone made of isolation, it's like your isolation goes up, even though you might be living in community. Because I have this theory that it's like, I haven't had a scientist confirm it. I don't know what the name of this theory is. But so you have a hypothesis, <clears throat> an fair. untested hypothesis. Okay. It's, that very well could be incorrect. It's that in high school and whatever, younger grade schools, you most likely, in a normal setting in the United States, you are in Let's this... say in Wichita, Kansas. <laughs> oh, gosh. Here I am just putzing along. I'm a high schooler in Wichita, Kansas, minding my own business. And it's not like friendship per se is like easy to navigate as like a kid, but you are seeing the same people like over and over again. You're in the same class. You you have like oper- there's teachers that are like invest you know, invested in you kind of having healthy relationships with your peers. Your parents hopefully want you to have healthy relationships with your peers. But as you go to college, you're a little bit more isolated. You know, like you're in a dorm, you could hide more. Like I feel like in high school, yes, you can hide, but it's harder to hide because you're so exposed because you're around the same people every day. And then in college, most people are in the same stage of life. You're going to classes, like, hopefully you're not getting drunk on the weekends like most college students are, but you know, that's... Wow, that took another dark turn. I'm sorry, but that's the depressing thing about college right now. But you are around the same people, and people are generally single and wanting to... Mingle. (laughs) But have friends, you know what I mean? Like, you're there to get an education, and hopefully... Like, I remember... Okay, I just remembered this... Um, I have a friend from high school, Jack, that said in college, you should walk away with a degree and some lifelong friends. Like that's kind of 
the goal I of see college. What you're but then you get out of school and yeah, you get a and job. then you're but then the you're, point of the but job you're a lone ranger. Community. Then yeah, you leave school and like maybe you're fortunate enough to have some friends you can live in an apartment with, or you know what I mean. But you are getting more. You can hide more as you get older. That's right. And right. well, and then when you add a job, right. a spouse, kids. Moving pieces with the schedules and all that. It where just you becomes live. harder and harder to fit anything else in, especially since everyone feels overwhelmed. Everyone feels busy. So the one thing none of us feel like we have is time. But I think, too, that especially for people like us who are more introverted, something that we feel like we haven't had either are strong friendships. Um, but what do you do when you feel like I'm so busy and overwhelmed I don't have time to add anything, but man, I know I really need to have strong friendships too. How do those two things go together? Especially when at the end of the night, when maybe you would have a little bit of time, mm-hmm. all you want to do is sort of right. turn on a TV show and chill, right? Right. Because we're so not like community, like people aren't living in community like they were maybe like a hundred years ago. We're That's just right. like we're living not, in individual we're apartments. We're people, not front porch people yeah you know what i'm talking about i do there. yeah the idea of front porch being like it used to be the social right everyone would sort of come home and end up on their front porch where now people pull into their garages close the garage door and never come out again <laughs> okay okay so i think we can move on to the next one yeah so mm-hmm. why is friendship hard i think maybe the biggest one is time and busyness um, but there's other reasons that we thought of too. I think this is one of the biggest ones for me. Um, and that's assumptions. What do you mean by that? Um, and I, this is a takeaway for me as a dude. I am a dude. Mm-hmm. Shout um, out to all the dude shout listeners. Shout out to the dudes. That's right. I think that um, we make an assumption, especially in our social media world, that I'm the only one that feels lonely and isolated. Like I'm the only one that feels like, huh, I don't know if I have many deep connections other than my spouse and my kids because we walk around and see other people basically on their best behavior, right? Mm -hmm. You know, if it's on social media, you're seeing sort of like the best of life and that Mm -hmm. usually involves hanging out with other people. Um, If you just say, hey, how's it going? You know, maybe you're talking about very superficial things that you're doing with your family or you're saying, I'm so busy, you know, or, or whatever it is that you would say. And it's very easy to walk through life assuming that I'm the only person that feels like sort of alone and isolated Mm -hmm. some of the time. I'm the only person that's sort of longing for a deeper friendship. Mm -hmm. But I think that that assumption is a big reason that prevents us from having deep friendships with people. Because in our experience, at least, when we've brought that up with others, hmm, we sort of wish that we were a little bit better at forming friendships. Most of the time when we bring that up, people say, you know what, I do too. And I'm not very good at that either. Um, so we walk around thinking that everybody's feeling fine except us, but I think the reality is probably more, not many people are feeling fine, but are projecting the image of being fine. Um, and that assumption prevents us from connecting with other people. And then with assumptions too, we felt like sometimes 
it's like we want to be known as humans and we want to know other people and we want to know we're not alone. But if we assume that other people are doing fine and couldn't possibly feel the way you feel, you just kind of keep everything at surface level. So I feel like there's the assumption prevents us from even having friendships in the first place, but then sometimes it prevents us from going deeper in those relationships as well. Yeah, because if I look at you, whether it's sort of the Instagram version of your life or whatever it is, and think that you're fine um, and think that you're good to go in that area of life, then I'm going to have a lot of fear about opening up and being vulnerable, right? And you're going to want to match that. Like if you're like my friend Katie has a neighbor that um, kept like was pretty like neat and tidy. And so sometimes Katie would be like, oh, gosh, I don't want to have her over because what if like she sees how messy I am, you know, where she's assuming where I'd be like, oh, man, maybe she'll bring her mop over and clean up some of my stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So assumptions, I think prevent us from even starting relationships with people like it could go from I assume you have enough friends and you're good to I assume you're not you're like an all-star parent and this is easy for you and I'm the only one that you know wants to or what um, do you think about this do you think that to, it would, do you think that it would be safe to say I mean some some people probably do do a very good job with friendship. Yeah. But I wonder with just how busy and overwhelmed people constantly say that they are. And I mean, how mm-hmm. we feel a lot of the time too, <clears throat> if it might be safer to assume that people are feeling more like alone, overwhelmed, and I wish I did a better job with friendship than to assume, oh, they've got it all together. And I have a feeling they have a lot of deep relationships, so they don't need me. Mm-hmm. So are you suggesting it's better to do the second one? No, I'm saying I wonder if it's better to assume, given the way our culture is today, you know, I think people are hungry for authentic community and friendship because they don't have it. Right. But it takes risk. Yeah, right. It takes risk to get to that point. And I'm saying it's probably easier to take that risk if you're going in saying, you know, I assume they probably feel more like me then mm-hmm. feel like they have it all together. Well, and if you make that assumption, like <laughs> you're the one, you're only risking like kind of embarrassing yourself a little bit. And yeah. like, hopefully, I, you mean my biggest fear in the world. <laughs> I know, but there's a lot of talk now about vulnerability and like the power that just being vulnerable, vulnerable has Brene Brown's books have like uncovered and like helped people talk about that more. But I just think that, yes, it's like the idea of a wound is the quickest way to the heart. So it's like, yes, it might suck to be like, oh gosh, we just moved here. I'm like, cause so when we moved to Massachusetts seven years ago, six and a half years ago, we didn't, I mean, we knew some people, fortunately, like we knew some people that were really a stage of life ahead of us. Mm -hmm. And they were our friends, but I also was craving friendships that had kids our own age or or kids age. And I was like pretty desperate to have, I was very like vulnerable and desperate to have friends at that point. 
And if I hid that, like, I don't know if you want to be friends with the person that like, well, of course there's a balance. You don't come up saying I am like desperate and miserable. (laughs) Will you be my friend? Right. But I think if you lead with authenticity, right, man, being a parent is hard. Moving to a new area is hard. Um, whether it's in like your mops group or you know at like a mom's play date or something like that, that person is a lot easier to open up to and connect with than someone that just puts up a front of I've got it all together. Right. Well, and I think sharing those vulnerabilities like help you find your people, you know, because it may not be the same thing. You know, it, it could be be like you're talking with somebody my assumption that I struggled with when we moved here was everybody else has enough friends already and so they don't want to be friends with me because like they're good Mm because we're in an area where a lot of people went to college here too so I just always felt like they have their college friends and um but being vulnerable helps you find your people I would say and that are like like like-minded and then maybe if the struggle isn't the same sharing and being vulnerable like might open up other people's same struggles or different different struggles but like gives them permission to like be their authentic self so number two friendship and adulthood could be hard um, because we make assumptions that everybody's fine and has that taken care of when in reality most people don't from right. our experience. Yes. So the third one is expectations. We have based most of our expectations of what friendship should be like off of what our experience in college was. So we both went to these big public schools and were involved with Young Life that had these really strong communities of people that were all volunteering with the same thing. And my expectation of what friendship should be like for the rest of my life was like it was where I, when I went to JMU, James Madison University, big public school in Virginia, where I lived in a house with eight other guys. We spent all day with each other. We like did this young life thing where we volunteered with each other um, every night. You know, we were all hanging out, watching TV together, and we were all in the exact same stage of life of being in college and being single. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, this is community. And they were, they were incredible friendships, still mm-hmm. some of the strongest friendships that I have in my life today. But when I got out of college, I brought those assumptions and expectations about friendship into life post-college when I just had a regular job, was still living with a few like guys in a house, but they all had jobs too that were very different than mine. And so I expected oh, you just sort of fall into really deep friendships with people. That's just like what happens in life. But that was not the reality that I experienced. And I see this a lot working with people getting out of college now where I call it like the dark year. My first year out of college was one of the hardest years of my life. And a lot of it had to do with expecting that community like I experienced in college should just be something you can fall into and be the norm in regular life. And I think though that got better is like we got married and we have like started to make some friends, you know, throughout our adult life, um, that I've, for a long time, I continued to carry that expectation of friendship, um, that it should be like college where you just sort of like fall in with people that are like-minded, you start spending time together and you become best friends. 
But in reality, those expectations don't match up with the experience of like what you can expect in adult life. And I feel like it's not wrong to crave that kind of depth of relationship or community. Like I feel like that that sense of community is a good thing. And just because it's not easy to like recreate it or it looks different doesn't mean you can't have those kinds of friends. It just probably isn't going to look the same way that it looked in college. And that expectation of needing to like reframe the way it looks can be hard. And what it takes to make it work. Right. Yeah. Because I'm thinking too, like, I think like, uh, and it's, it ties into the whole isolation thing too, but it's like in college or, um, around that time of life, it's like, you're all living together. So you don't have to really think like, Oh, what do, what do I want to do on Saturday night? Or like, it's not like you have to even make plans because you're, people are just like around, but then in adulthood, it's a lot easier. Like you have to like plan stuff. And then there's probably different levels of people's capabilities is doing that (laughs) what do you mean i just mean i'm a terrible planner oh i see i see i'm like i want plans but i also sometimes don't like committing to plans (laughs) well and we don't have the available space to hang out one drop everything whenever and hang out because we have commitments to family and job and kids and that Mm -hmm. kind of thing um but then there's also just not space for the regularity of community that you experience in college. Right. And that's okay. Because mm-hmm. it's possible to have really strong friendships with people that you don't see every day. Um, but you have to have different expectations in order to go after and appreciate, you know, the kind of friendships that are realistic in adulthood. Yes. So next one. Yeah. Okay. So that's that's number three. Number four, and we had a lot of people talk about this in different ways on Instagram. It can be really hard to have friends in adulthood um, because people that you're around are in different life stages. Right. There's like basically once you're not in, I feel like, school anymore, you become like all lumped into one category. There's not like the division anymore, you know, because like you're so in a box when you're in school. Like you're in first grade, you're in second grade, but then like post-college, it's like, well, I could be friends with anybody, but it might be weird if I'm like, you, you would see an elderly neighbor as a different kind of friend than a peer. Oh no. 80 year old John down the street. He's my homeboy. (laughs) But you could have, you could be his friend. Yeah, no, that's true. Well, but just naturally to where you find yourself grouped in life, like, you want we people that have common other people, other parents who right. have kids the same age, but that person could be 10 years older than you or 10 years younger right. than you. Right. <laughs> Sorry. Funny thought. Yeah. So there's different stages of life. Um, you know, obviously single, married, have kids, don't have kids. And then it gets even harder too. Cause you're like, oh, but you have a two-year-old and we have a 10-year-old. We don't have a 10-year-old, but like, you know, well, or I've even felt like, yeah, but since I'm out of the like, or we're out of the having a baby around the house, I sometimes am like, oh, I don't know if our friends that have like, you know, a toddler want to come over because what if I have like something that they could choke on on the floor? 
Right. Are all those um, like little skewers, you know, right next to the electrical outlets. <laughs> but it's like, ah, it'd be so hard to move those skewers. I don't think people are going to get your joke. Guess we can't have any toddlers over. Yeah, no. But so I think that the the kids just make it so complicated. Yeah. People schedule too, because I already feel like I feel like I blinked and I'm out of the stage of motherhood where I'm just having play dates and coffee with my friends. Because it was like for six years, that was kind of my life where I maybe our son was maybe in preschool, but I had another kid home. So you're always looking for something to do during the day. And now our kids are both in school and I feel like, oh, wow, that was that went by really fast. And I'm usually working during the day and I, and then even that's a thing too, right? right? Like some people work, some people stay home. And so their schedule availability with kids at different ages is a big thing. Right. You could be the same age and one person's single and another person's married. And that can become like a barrier that makes friendship not impossible, could be really good, but can also be really hard. And I think one of the things we had one of our friends weigh in on this and we asked about it. And I think we've experienced this too, is the financial disparity that can start to happen. Right. Because if you have a couple where both the husband and wife are teachers, Mm -hmm. and then you have a couple where, you know, both people are commuting into the city and have been climbing the corporate ladder, you know, by the time you're our age at 35, the second couple is making five times as much money than the first couple. And they're like, you want to go to this fun tropical island. And we're like, uh, I'm trying to think of a funny comparison. Well, no, I mean, I'm not even saying that. I don't even know if we could pay for the gas for the helicopter. Right. Yes. There there, you you go. There you go. But Um, so big, there's, that's funny. But I mean, I think the reality for us sometimes is we've, wanted to go out to eat with friends and there's a financial disparity and it's like, Oh, that's going to be a stretch for us. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? To do something like that. And that can make friendship hard sometimes. Yeah. Especially when you want to split an entree. I now split entrees more for health reasons than for financial reasons. Yeah. Fine. Okay. I think we exhausted that one. Yeah. So what's next? Transient culture. Watch your language. <laughs> Children are listening. Do you want to elaborate? Yeah, I, I will. And this is very pertinent to us now, but I think has also been pertinent to us through the past few years. Yeah, People just move a lot right. when you're around our age. Um, I feel like it's less common to just stay where you grew up and be there your whole life than it is to move around a bunch now. Mm -hmm. And whether it's you're moving into a new place or you're consistent in a place, but have a lot of people moving in and out around you, that just makes forming friendships and keeping friendships hard. Right. Especially with like, so I think I'm a six and on the Enneagram Sorry, we're going to talk about that this spring since we always talk about it. But I but I sometimes feel like I identify with the five with this, which is they have lower kind of energy. But I sometimes feel like I don't have the emotional energy to invest in people if I think they're not going to be here very long. Yeah. And my mindset has changed with that a little bit. Like where I think when we first moved here, I was like, um, 
don't want it to have anything to do with people that might be transitioning out like very soon. So if you're in grad school or something like yeah, that. Yeah, like area. I'm like, you had an X on your back as far as I'm concerned. But I think now that I've seen some people moved away, move away since we've been here and I've realized how much that relationship meant to me, even though they're not here anymore or like maybe we just keep in touch occasionally, et cetera. I still am glad I had that relationship. So I feel like my mindset with that has changed, but the transientness of our culture can be hard. Yeah. And I think that there's like a calloused issue with that too Mm -hmm. on both sides. If you're moving a lot, you become calloused. Um, I hate whether it's, I hate goodbyes or it's really uncomfortable to forge friendships. I just become callous to doing it. Defense mechanism. Or if you have a lot of people coming in and out of your life, you can become callous and do like you said, you know, it's almost like, Oh, you might move. So I'm not even going to try with you. Right. It's funny. We were, um, we were down in Virginia last week for February break. And on the way back, we stayed with Katie's aunt. Um, and she had moved around a lot, um, early in life out of college And her dad had given her some really cool advice that I thought was really pertinent to this. Which is act as if you're going to be there forever, which I kind of wish that I knew about that a while ago. Yeah, I know. Why was she holding the hell for so long? You know, I have a lot of relatives that have said some like, really powerful things. Do you, are you talking about the ice cream? You scream, we all scream for ice cream. Yeah, thing. I think my great grandmother made up ice cream. You scream, we all scream for ice cream. I'm sure that she did. And Katie. you know what she also said? And I don't know if this is a famous quote or if this is just a famous quote, my family, you can tell me. <laughs> um, it's, I'd rather pay the grocer than the doctor. Hmm. Is that famous? I feel like that's a thing. It yeah. could be. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, but anyway, that the people moving around a lot can make friendship hard. Yeah. Well, and but I thought that was good. Whether right. you're going to be there six months or the rest of your life, treat it like it's going to be a place you're going to be at forever. And yeah. you're probably only going to be better for the relationships that you build. Yeah. All right. So we're at number six. We've so made it exciting. all the way through this incredible list of depressing things. Are we self-deprecating? Self-deprecating. No, I don't okay. think so. Okay. So the last one is compatibility. Compatibility? You mean like fighting? <laughs> compatibility. One thing that makes friendship and adulthood hard is being so combative. Why are you typing? They can I'm hear that. I'm looking up what combative means. No, you're not. I'm self-deprecating. Okay. Can you expand on this? Yeah. When you get married, and especially when you have kids, there's just a lot more people in the potential relationships that you have to figure out if are compatible with each other. Um, So if we have couple friends, it's nice if the husbands are Mm -hmm. compatible and the wives are compatible Mm -hmm. and you're both compatible together. If you have kids, it's really nice if the spouses are compatible And the kids are like around the same age and like playing together. And it can be really hard the more people that you add into the equation to find people that match up perfectly with you. So we've definitely had instances where it's like you really connect with 
the wife mm-hmm. and maybe I don't connect as well with the husband or mm-hmm. like we connect with the couple, but our kids are different ages. Mm-hmm. And that can be like a big roadblock to making that a consistent relationship. If it's like, oh, we're really excited to go hang out with this couple, but our kids are like, ah, we don't want to go over there. It's no fun. Yeah, that's true. Um, I feel like you're hinting at finding kindred spirits. <laughs> I thought you were going to say something about finding Nemo. No, but like the intangible things that you, there's some people you meet and you just like click right off the bat with, you know, you're thinking a funny thought. What is it? It's like that, um, that famous phrase. Sometimes you feel like a nut. Sometimes you don't. No, that's not, (laughs) that's not applicable. I think it's perfectly applicable. Think about it. Well, but did you, were you thinking the kind of compatibility I was thinking of, or were you just thinking like the very like black and white? I was mainly trying to think through where did that little catchphrase about the nut come from? And then that got me thinking about, oh, you know what? Almond Joy and Mounds both have coconut in them. And I used to not like stuff with coconut, but now I really do like stuff with coconut. So I wonder if I'd really like a Almond Joy or a Mounds bar. Can I just say I don't feel very compatible with you at the moment? So anyway, <laughs> well, that was sort of a little depressing list that we just created. Well, there's hope though. So we we really went through these because we kind of wanted to identify what's the what's the challenge here. You know, like acknowledge what are the problems that we're all facing when we're trying to navigate friendships and adulthood. Yeah, that's right. Because I think we found ourselves frustrated that finding friendship wasn't easier than it was. But a lot of the reasons we were frustrated were because of these things that made it hard. And by identifying why it was hard, Mm -hmm. it helped us to be able to overcome those hurdles a little bit better. So all this to say, we think friendship in adulthood is hard but worth it and we really found as we were thinking through problems in having friendship and creating community in adulthood that you guys echoed those same things so we think it's worth it and identifying those problems hopefully can help us come to solutions and acknowledge that we're not alone yeah and sort of to close out our discussion for today i think really to Um, sum up the why of like why we feel like friendships are worth fighting for and really important in our life. There's this story that C.S. Lewis tells um, about what happened when his friend Charles died. C.S. Lewis was a part of this group called the Inklings. They were a bunch of squid, right? I I don't think of squid. Like ink doesn't make me think of squid. It's not like my first reaction. So only think of squid. He was <laughs> it takes me a while to like get to the point of your joke. He was part of this group of friends and one of his friends, Charles died. Um, and his reaction to it, I think really summarizes why, like what we want out of friendship. Yes. And what it says is in each of my friends, there is something that only some other friend can fully bring out. By myself, I am not large enough to call the whole man into activity. I want other lights than my own to show all his facets. Now that Charles is dead, I shall never again see Ronald's reaction to a specifically Charles joke. Far from having more of Ronald, having having him, in quotes, to myself, now that Charles is away, I have less of Ronald. Well, I think that that's true in terms of 
when we get to be around other people that we're both friends with, there's parts of each other that come out that only that person can bring out. Right. Well, and I think it says too, like, it's not healthy for you just to be in relationship with like your spouse, you know, or a boyfriend or girlfriend or whatever, you know, like that it brings more value to our relationship when we have relationships with other people as well. I mean, I think we were made for community and we function best when we get to be a part of a community that really knows us and that we can be our true selves in, but it's really hard to do. So how do you, you know, as a normal person living in our culture today, um, maybe married, maybe with kids, maybe with a really overwhelming job, how do you pursue deep friendships like that? Um, that's what we're going to talk about next week on the podcast. Um, but in the meantime, Katie's created a cool printable that's sort of a reminder of why this kind of friendship was important. We wanted to do part of that C.S. Lewis quote, but we thought weren't that, sure what to do with the dead part. Thought that making a print that says Charles is dead, right? Even if it was in really cool calligraphy, might not be something you'd want to hang on your wall. Right now that Charles is dead. <laughs> oh yeah, I do really want to value friendships. Why is that on your mantle? <laughs> So anyway, more on that next week. We're going to end today's show with What Do You Recommend? Where we make a recommendation about something that we love in the world. Katie, what do you recommend this week? Okay, so I'm going to go with Lauren Daigle's album. Oh, the Dagmeister. I wanted to go with something friend-related, but then I was like, I'd rather go with a true recommendation than something random. Yeah, that's right. So Lauren Daigle's album, Look Up Child, it probably came out a little while ago, but I've kind of been living under a rock. I think 1986. I think it's because I don't really listen to... And probably most people don't listen to like regular radio anymore. Yeah, right. Like I listen to Spotify. So I unless just listen I do our podcast on repeat, unless I know to look for something, I'm not going to like discover new music. Here's why I enjoy this album. Go for it. Because when you play it, our little four year old Carter has gotten to know these songs and will sing along with it. Mm. And her little four-year-old singing voice is amazing. That's So true. I highly recommend it, especially if you have a small child that will sing along with it. Well, and I feel like it's good, like pump up music. It's like pump up Adele. That's right. Right. It's like pump up Adele. Yeah. It's like, ah, oh, Adele, you're great, but I wish you'd pump me up a little <laughs> bit more. Like a Lauren Daigle. <laughs> yeah. So that's my recommendation. So if you haven't been living, if you've also been under a rock, you might want to check out this album. If you ha- have not been living under a rock and you've enjoyed this, give yourself a pat on the back. Philip, what do you recommend? My recommendation this week is also in the audio category. It's a podcast, and mine actually does relate to our friendship topic. Oh, wow. It is you really one-upped me. The podcast that I have become enamored with over the past few months, and it is called Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend. It is an hour-long podcast where Conan O'Brien um, just interviews a celebrity in long form with the idea that he's trying to figure out if that person would be able to be his friend because he says he doesn't have any friends. So I, at the end, does he say, like... How does it end? It ends with uh, like a producer saying, so what do you think? Would you be Conan O'Brien's friend? And they're like, 
eh, oh, I don't so know. it's not like Conan being like, oh, I wouldn't want to be friends. No, with them. no, the other person is judging him. Got it. But he, his humor is right in my wheelhouse. So I don't laugh out loud at a lot of stuff, and I like sit with headphones and I'm making dinner and I'm just laughing out loud because it makes me, it makes me Rolf. I might want to listen to that now. That was a good sales pitch. You really should listen to it. It's so good. Well, it's I, no one delightful podcast, it but it's also, close. I feel like we also really liked his Netflix show. Oh, Conan Without Borders? Yeah. Where he travels I, uh, around the world uh, and uh, visits other cultures. I do agree with you. He's really funny. Yeah. That's going to do it for this week's episode of One Delightful Podcast. That was my Oprah voice. So you can check the show notes for stuff like things that we mentioned during the podcast that you might want to look up. There'll be a full blog post on this as well. And the printable we mentioned and the Amazon affiliate link where for no cost to you, you can support us in a little way. If you want to learn more about other things that we do, follow us on Instagram, One Delightful Home. Follow us on the interwebs, OneDelightfulCreative.com, or follow us on Twitter. We don't actually have Twitter. We don't have a Twitter either, but... We're more of a visually-centered artistic community. Yeah. Um, And send us a DM or an email if you have thoughts on friendship. Have a great week.